Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. We're having fun today. And I might sound angry while saying I'm going to have fun, but Fiddy is trying his damnedest to make sure that we have zero fun. He is a metal detector that seeks out fun and then tells you to leave it behind before you enter the studio. He is an assassin of fun. Big trash. Big trash. Big hate. Mm. Huge hater. It's NBA Draft Lottery Day, and I understand a lot of Charlotte Hornets fans are not all that optimistic about the Hornets possibly getting the number one overall selection. Look, I don't blame you. I am not here to blame you or to ridicule you and say, hey, you know what? Let's all celebrate and think that absolutely they're going to get the number one overall pick. If you are preparing yourself so you don't have future pain, that is fine. I choose to go the different direction today. And if you want to have the clown face paint ready for me, that is fine as well. At the end of all of this, by 830 tonight... I might be putting on the red rubber nose and painting the white face paint alongside the smile. I might look like a clown. That's totally cool. But I am here to embrace some kind of positivity because tonight there is a better chance than usual that the Hornets would get the number one overall pick. And with that number one overall pick, they would select Victor Wembenyama unquestionably it would not be any type of just fodder oh is there any way that Wimby doesn't become the number one overall pick no if that conversation happens from a bleacher report some aggregated article whatever ignore it Wimby's going to be the number one pick and this guy is as generational as what we saw from Zion what we got from Anthony Davis going before that LeBron James Hakeem Olajuwon Ralph Sampson a lot of the prospects that have had so many different types of, oh my God, they might be the GOAT type of hype, Victor Wembanyama has that kind of magnitude that he can shift the franchise's fortunes. And I'm going to be excited about that. Yes. Because they have a better chance at the number one overall pick in an NBA draft where you desperately want the number one overall pick. Now, just to be clear, I like Scoot Henderson a lot too, at number two overall. This is a deep draft as well. But there is clearly a huge prize at number one overall, and that is Victor Wembanyama. So I don't know why, Fiddy, you just want to be a hater today. Not only not I see only, smoke on Twitter, he's hating too. Oh no, negativity. Well, but no, but see the smoke thing. The smoke thing, I'm okay with because what smoke is doing is he's putting out there the we're gonna laugh through the pain and then yeah. we're gonna cry afterwards. Like I I understand him actually having some of those feelings that he is. It, it, displaying at least on social media but fitty is making sure like he was a he was a fun seeker he was looking out for any kind of signs of positivity and he was there to stomp on it he wanted to make sure that it was out of our system and i don't know why you're trying to do that today man i I really don't you know i hate seeing my guys hurt and disappointed well you're trying to make (laughs) it more so you are hurting me as soon as we talked about wimby today you were trying to hurt me I'm just saving you for the heartbreak because they're not going to get the number one overall pick. Not with that attitude. You know, exactly. Like, not with that attitude, they won't. They don't have the savvy it takes to convince Adam Silver to rig the ping pong balls to go their <laughs> way to get Wimby. And yes, I believe it is rigged. Do you really? Is yes. this a conspiracy theory you believe in? Okay. Because the Knicks needed to be reborn in 85. Guess who showed up? The great hope that was Patrick Ewing. Okay. 
one of he was that generation's MB. Well, now you and Smoke, you and Smoke also b- believe that the uh, NBA draft lottery is rigged. I mean, the the part where it kind of falls apart is when Tim Duncan goes to San Antonio right. and Boston had a great shot to go get what also was, and we can even put Tim Duncan in this. Tim Duncan clearly the prize of that draft. Mm-hmm. So there there are moments, but you I know, know you are. A how come the Knicks fans? hadn't gotten a number one pick since then? And then when you look at the NBA owning the Pelicans, and that's. Where does that where does that draft so so Anthony Davis goes there, but also I don't think they were incentivized to give the Pelicans Zion Williamson and then the Knicks have to get RJ Barrett. But also right. maybe they were just worried about the injuries. It doesn't matter. I, I'm not here for it. Maybe this is you know what? I hope it's rigged because I saw a real sicko type of conspiracy theory on the Lockdown Hornets page where we've been doing all sorts of sicko ideas where somebody said, Hey, maybe Michael Jordan is intentionally putting out there that he's willing to sell the franchise. Adam Silver, Adam Silver clearly wants Michael Jordan to hold majority stake of an NBA franchise. So in order to get him back, you give the Charlotte Hornets the number one overall pick. Wouldn't you take it? Yes, sir. And then you keep Michael <laughs> Jordan as that majority exactly. stake owner. See, now I'm flipping conspiracy theories. Now I'm making sure that we can actually rig it for the Hornets to get the number one overall selection. And I've got a surprise for you guys. For both okay. of you. All right. I really want all the good luck as much as possible. And so let's pull up to the scene. Let's pull up to the NBA draft lottery. Walk alongside the representative that is Mark Williams, the first round pick from last year. And let's get off the bus. I've got some goodies for you. Fiddy, open up the door. All right. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! I brought some good luck charms for all of us to score today. And I got a lot. And Fitty, you're wearing one, damn it. You're wearing a good luck charm because we care. Plus, be cynical. Be cynical. You cover the team. That means more listeners. That means more do-re-mi. That means more Skrilla. That would be fantastic if we can get Victor Wittmanyama. So, I've got some hats. All of us for us to wear, right? I've got this Hornets toboggan winter hat. With a smiling Hugo. What? Who? So, so whoever wants to wear this, I got a bucket hat. We like bucket hat fitty. So if you wanted to wear the bucket hat, I've got that for you. I also have a construction hard hat with my name on it, which I probably will have to wear. So Wes, which one do you want to wear? Do you want to wear the bucket hat or do you want to wear the smiling Hugo winter hat for some good luck charms? Which one do you want to wear? I'm going to take, you know, I like to be silly, man. Give me the, yeah, okay, give me cool. that. All right. If you don't here, I'm going to toss you the bucket hat fitty. All right. Can you please put it on today? Yeah. Okay, cool. Boom. You can go get that. All right. Not only do I have the hats, I've got more prizes in here. Oh, I've got, got food? I've got more. I don't. You That's just had a high sugar snack pack. <laughs> <laughs> Wes took, That's a diabetes pack. Wes took a that picture. pack. Wes put, <laughs> he took a picture of a snack pack that included, and I'm not exaggerating on any of this, cookies, mixed berry Skittles, and a ring pop with an apple. Where Fitty was eating. Yes, that was an actual snack pack that Fitty brought in today. So I've got my Buzz City fanny pack. So I'm going to be wearing that. But in the fanny pack, we have more goodies. And I've got some good stuff in here. So in here, I've got the fanny pack, whoever wants to wear that. I've got a Steve Martin, thanks Steve for 30 seasons button. Whoever wants to wear the button, that's fine. And the coolest one, I've got a Gerald Wallace shooting sleeve in this pack. 
this is also a good luck charm. Let me get that. So all of us will have two. Now, the only problem, see, I was a little afraid of Wes choosing this because, well, Wes has bigger forearms than we do. <laughs> and so I don't want him to stretch this out. But at the same time, you can maybe even drape this I around. I think I'm good. If you want to put it on the forearm, that's fine. I will wear the, I'll either wear the, the button or the fanny pack. Which one do you want, Fiddy? Which one do you want to wear today for good luck charms? Steve. Give me, give me Steve Martin. He's okay, the goat. all right, Steve Martin, the goat, and I will wear right, the I'm fanny pack this, alongside the my hat. Fanny pack was was my first choice. Oh, so you might go fanny pack if that doesn't fit. I will gladly wear the Gerald Wallace shooting sleeve if you don't yeah, want to. I'm okay, a, yeah, yes. I'm gonna do. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, I will switch with you. Yeah. By the way, what is your favorite Charlotte Hornets item that you own that you want to see if it can be a good luck charm tonight? 704-570-9610. That is the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. I will give you the Steve Martin button. I will wear the Gerald Wallace shooting sleeve. And by the way, you know when I got this? I got this when they were giving a oh, when they were doing a giveaway. Steph Curry's return to Charlotte for oh. the first time. So I got to see Steph Curry play for Golden State, the Monte Ellis days, the Mikhail Petrus days, the the uh, Andres Biedrins days. That I might was have been at that game. See. You might have. You might have. I was at that game. And so hopefully with all of the good luck that we are sporting in the Planet Kia Studios, we can land Victor Wembanyama. For those that don't know, Victor Wembanyama has a 12.5% shot at coming to the Charlotte Hornets with the number one overall selection. The Charlotte Hornets are only beaten by Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio, each who have a 14% shot to get this number one overall selection. If you look at some of the other better odds that we have, I know Colin is in here, I'm sure. Hoggard the historian likes some of the memorabilia that we brought in today. Charlotte has a 12% chance to getting the two spot, 12 at three, 11 and a half at four, 7.2% chance getting five. It's actually the lowest odds they have. 26% chance of getting the sixth overall selection. So that's a little dicey. Also about 17% chance of them getting the seventh overall pick and a 2.2% chance of them getting the eighth overall selection. Do you think LaMelo and Wimby, if it does happen, would that be the most fun, young, one-two duo in the NBA? Without a question, they would dominate. I was talking to my man about this the other night. They would dominate. Twitter, Instagram, every single game night that they played, House of Highlights and and Bleacher Report would just worship these two guys between the highlights that you would be getting. Uh, 704 wrote in their favorite. I have this, by the way. 704 wrote in. They have a suction cup Hugo little stuffed animal that can attach to the window. That's a great one. Quan Cox said, I have a KW Hancock maybe is another way to go with that. I have a Kimball Walker bobblehead. That's a great one. Tar Heel B said they have pint glasses. And K-Town Steve said, I still have my Larry Johnson Hornets jersey, which is a good one. You have a Larry Johnson shirt, I believe. I do, man. I saw a new one actually in the Lids fan shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, a new Larry Johnson uh, Mitchell and Ness. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's crazy. It was like cream and it had the straw. Stripes. It had the big hornets thing in the in the middle, and the uh, the number was on the mm-hmm. top left. Oh, it was fire! So I got a Larry Johnson Grandmama T-shirt the other day, so I'm hoping to sport that here soon. Fiddy, is that okay for us to dream about? If Wimby, just play along, will you? If Wimby is the number one overall pick for Charlotte, would Lamelo and Wimby be the best one-two young duo in the NBA? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. They would be. Would they not be the most? 
downloaded or most watched League Pass team in the league? Just from a pure entertainment standpoint, I think that would have to be it. Like, I was watching a thing on TikTok that where this guy, like, went through and did the five best landing spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, he had, like, the Thunder. Like, him and Chet Holgram would be a lot of fun. Him and um, Orlando would be a lot of fun. But, like, him and LaMelo. Like, LaMelo be throwing, you know, three-quarter court alley-oops, and he be just crazy. has to, like reach his arm from the three-point line and dunk the damn I've talked to you Mm -hmm. about how much I dream about Mark Williams and Victor Webinyama just holding hands Red Rover style and not (laughs) allowing anybody past the half-court line. Just do that. I mean, it's basically putting up the velvet rope like you are not allowed past this area. Both of those guys starting on the 4-5, not to mention LaMelo Ball is a 6-7 point guard. That would be fantastic. Who's scoring in the middle? Nobody. I mean, seriously. That's I mean, the Giannis and Jokic would still score. Yeah, the and best indeed. players in the game. Be the a lot of shots getting blocked, though, I'll, and it'd be a lot of crazy shots I'll they'd be throwing that. up. Uh, 704 said, lock it in. Hornets pick an eight. Yeah, you know, I, I know there's going to be people like that. Is that your burner, Fitty? No, I mean, I just, <laughs> you, know, I just, you know, like when y'all were coming in tomorrow all bummed out. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to have the platform to say I told you so. Uh, Patrick wrote in something pretty cool. A friend of mine got married last year and gave all the groomsmen NBA team socks. Since I live in Charlotte, I got Hornet socks. I'll wear them tonight for you guys. I have no interest in the NBA, but it will give you something to talk about. Thank you, Patrick. This is the type of hope and support that we all need. Make sure you have your good luck charm ready and out for tonight as the Charlotte Hornets hope to get the number one overall pick in the NBA draft lottery. We'll take a quick break. We will actually switch gear. Mike Hill, athletic director of the Charlotte 49ers athletic program, will be joining us to talk about their Ohio State game in 2029, but also just the state of Charlotte 49ers athletics. So that's coming up next on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. process of trying to make my charlotte hornets hard hat yes hard hat construction hat fit and it's just not working with the headphones but we will figure it out before the show ends today wes has the winter hat on with hugo smiling on top of the dome with a fanny pack wrapped around the shoulder and (laughs) fitty has the bucket hat on with a steve martin celebrating 30 years pin on it and these are our good luck charms to see if the Hornets can get the number one overall selection tonight. 704-570-9610. Feel free to share your thoughts and comments on the Garage Door Guru text line. We'll now head over to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and welcome Mike Hill, Charlotte 49er Athletic Director to the program. Mike, thank you so much for the time. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are y'all? Oh, we're doing well. We're, we're hoping for some good luck tonight for the Hornets to get the number one overall pick. So hopefully that can happen. Do you have any Charlotte Hornets memorabilia that you could sport tonight somehow so we could get Victor Wembenyama? Is there anything like that, or are you just going to have to keep everybody in your thoughts and prayers? So I'm actually in my head in my office. I'm holding a commemorative ticket from the first ever Charlotte Hornets game in 1988 that I attended. So that is my good luck charm for tonight. No way. Wow. That's way. Look, I I love the bucket hat that they gave out, but if you're going to tell me that you have the first ticket ever, that's pretty hard to beat. So Mike Hill helping out the city of Charlotte in more ways than one. He's been helping out Charlotte 49ers. <laughs> we appreciate it, Mike. He's been helping out the athletic department with the Charlotte 49ers for quite some time now. And I did want to get to one of the recent uh, nuggets that came out within the last 
really week or so, we got to see the 49ers announce that you guys scheduled a football game at Ohio State for September 8th. 2029 in Columbus, Ohio. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We've seen some big time opponents that the football program has taken on. Mike, what is this process like? Like, how many times do people ask you just about what it's like to schedule? I mean, six years in advance, five years in advance. You know, when do you feel the sense of urgency to get something done with a big time non-conference uh, opponent? Yeah, well, look, we're excited about that game for sure. That's an opportunity of a lifetime for our players and for our fans. And we love scheduling games like that so that our program can experience, you know, some of the ultimate, you know, game day environments in college football. So um, I I will be honest, I hate the fact that we have to do it so far in advance, but if you don't, you're not going to get those games. And so these schools book these games out way in advance and the opportunities dry up pretty quickly. So, but I can remember this too. Now back in 2018, when I arrived here, uh, we scheduled a football game in Gainesville, Florida in the swamp five years down the road. And that felt like forever. And guess what? It's here. We're going to be in the swamp this fall. So um, that's what you do. You lock these games up. We have some other great ones. We go to uh, uh, Athens, Georgia in 2025, which will obviously be another great opportunity. And, um, we're continuing to work on some other big ones as well. So uh, excited about it and uh, looking forward to those challenges. Yeah, I mean, everybody who wants to go check out the future non-conference schedule, it's actually laid out very well on charlotte49ers.com, and it tells you everything going up all the way to 2031, the last game there, NC State, September 6th, in 2031. So you're scheduling out very early on. Mike, it seems like everybody's really excited about this new era of the Charlotte 49er football program. It seems like Biff Pogey has come in and really done a fantastic job with recruiting. We got to see some of the guys transfer out after the spring game. So seeming like we're going to see a, a final touch on the roster that will suit up for the 49ers going forward. How are you feeling right now about the football program after the latest moves you made? Well, it's, it's hard not to get excited. I mean, when you, you're out there during spring ball and, and seeing the guys work so hard as they did, not just out on the field, but in the weight room, um, just, just a remarkable job that, that our football staff has done. And, in bringing in some some super talented players um, to to join you know existing talent on our roster, we've gotten a lot bigger. Uh, we're a lot more physical. I can tell you that for sure, um, and more athletic. Um, and look, the challenge is real for us this year. We join a new conference, the American Athletic Conference, which you know is honestly it's a step up. It's one of the best conferences in the country, and um, we're excited about that challenge. But we've got to we've got to be be ready. And uh, so I think Biff and his staff really recruited to that. You know, his mantra is let's run the ball and stop the run. It's very old school, and I love it. It's a time-tested system, and, you know, he's recruited accordingly. We've got a bunch of big guys up front um, on both sides of the ball, which you have to have. And But it's not just, not just on the offensive and defensive line. I think you can see pretty significant improvement in a number of uh, positions. And so uh, the spring game was a lot of fun. It was a super balanced game. You know, that it's rare these days that you see spring games where they actually put a game on. It's you know, usually they're sort of these glorified practices now, but they actually pick teams. It was a draft. And so, you know, you had, you know, first and second teamers divided up, um, you know, between teams. So it wasn't a true one versus two or et cetera. And so you saw, um, I thought a really interesting game and um, some exciting stuff on both sides of the ball and special teams and we're ready to go. So it's going to be a lot of fun. 
Mike, of course, that's the second hire that you've made with the Charlotte 49er football program. What is something that you learned during the first hiring process that you applied to this process and then eventually landing with Biff Pogey? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I mean, I think, first of all, you go back to whenever you make a hire that um, ultimately doesn't work, then you really reassess, you know, what went into your process, what resources did you use? And I will pause and say this for a second, that while unfortunately we did have to make a change, you know, the, the Will Healy era ha- certainly had its high points and high moments for our program. First ever bowl game, first ever winning season, first ever win over an ACC school. So it was not a complete failure, but clearly we were trending in the wrong direction, which is why we made the change uh, a year ago. So I think going into this search, um, really what we decided is, is to try to broaden our, um, broaden our, 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 the cast of our net, you know, and, use every resource at our disposal. For the first time in my career, um, we employed the services of a search firm. And I know oftentimes, you know, people sort of sneer at that and say, well, isn't that your job as the AD to know who to hire? And the answer to that is yes, it's our job to develop candidate lists and targets. But what a search firm can do for you, first of all, is help you sort through who's actually interested in your job and who is not, who might be using it for leverage, um, et cetera. And so, we did that this go around and we brought a ton of names to the table and we spoke to many of those people who we knew we were interested in at the outset. Uh, but in the end, you know, frankly, Biff Poggi probably was not um, a strong candidate here without a turnkey, the firm that we hired and Chad Chatlos. And um, that to me was a big difference maker for us. It, it, it allowed us to, you know, see every potential candidate that might be a good fit for us and engage them in a way that uh, was different. The other piece of it too, which is sort of a product of COVID, you know, if there's anything good about COVID is we learned with technology, um, we can talk to a lot more people in a search, you know? And so, you know, with Zoom and other technologies, video platforms, you know, we were able to have conversations with multiple candidates, many more so than in the past. And so that really helped us as well in that process. So just more resources, I think more, um, more candidates that we could uh, assess and evaluate and, uh, a pros pro and Chad Chatlos, the turnkey who ultimately helped us identify Biff as our guy. Mike Hill joining us, athletic director of the Charlotte 49ers. You can follow him on Twitter at rmikehill. And with NIL and transfer portal really taking control of college sports, how does Charlotte now sell itself to recruits at this point? Well, there are NIL opportunities at Charlotte for sure, and we certainly have some of our student athletes uh, who currently have NIL deals. It's a reality of the college athletics landscape now. For sure, it's affected football and basketball, but honestly, it's affecting other sports as well. Um, the reality, too, is that you know when you're recruiting now, I mean, if, you, if you're talking to a potential transfer or even an incoming high school freshman, one of the first questions they ask is, what is your NIL program? So you better have one. And we do. We institute an NIL program day one when the NCAA permitted it uh, a couple of years ago now. Um, but we've really rounded that out, I think, really nicely. We have something called the Niner Exchange, which we launched back in December. Niner Exchange allows businesses, individuals, donors, organizations to connect directly with all of our student athletes who are automatically populated into the platform. And businesses can negotiate NIL deals with our student athletes. They can make those transactions, establish what they're, uh, what they're going to provide, what services they're going to provide in exchange for whatever um, you know, monetary or, 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 or trade value that they're going to receive. And so 
Niner Exchange has been a really valuable tool for us. There's also uh, a collective that is in place now, the Gold Mine Alliance, that was uh, just uh, revealed here just a few days ago. Um, and we're excited about that as well. So there's a collective in place. You see most schools uh, that are trying to be serious about football and basketball and everything else uh, recognize you've got to have a collective. So those are uh, critical. And we think, look, we're in a market where there's a lot of opportunity. You know, I'd rather be in a market like a big city that Charlotte is uh, with Fortune 500 companies and the like versus a small town that, that doesn't really have the, the same kind of opportunities for young men and women. Then you just announced that the athletic department now has released its Master Vision Facilities Project, helping to bring Charlotte Athletics to the forefront. And how much do you feel like that's going to help, and especially competing with the the Big Four, the big universities in the state that's already ha- that already has those reputations? Sure, this is the next step in the sort of the natural evolution of our program. Um, we're still a, a young football program, only 10 years old, of course, but, uh, and, and a young university when you compare us to a lot of our competition. But the truth of the matter is that we have so much going for us as a university and as an athletics program that, you know, that we're in the process of trying to accelerate our growth. And the facility master plan, the evergreen plan is a critical part of that. Do you feel like that that it was overdue for this university? Like maybe you might have waited a little bit too long and now you guys are, are trying to catch up? Look, I think the, the the decision to add football was one that was weighed by the institution long before I arrived here, and for many reasons, didn't happen until it did. Right? I mean, there were all sorts of things that that got in the way. You had obviously the tragedy of nine eleven in the early two thousands. You had the financial crisis in two thousand and eight. As I understand it, those are things that that in the end got in the way of football being added. And like it or not, you know, football having football um, really determines whether or not you're going to be a, a player in college athletics. And without football, we're not moving into the American Athletics Conference, for example. So, um, you know, it was critical that we have it. And we're, you know, we're 10 years old now, and we're trying to accelerate that growth as quickly as we can. And I think um, we can't look back at this point. We've got to look ahead. And I think what we see now with our program and where we're headed is an extremely positive direction that we're all pretty fired up about. We appreciate the time of Mike Hill, the Charlotte 49ers athletic director, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. I did want to go just with another football question before switching gears here, Mike, because one thing I think that really came up from the Will Healy era is he did a phenomenal job of actually publicizing and promoting the program. We saw him on so many different outlets. Was that something that grew to be important to you? Like to, to me, that was such an unintended benefit, right? At least at the forefront. I didn't expect it to be that big is that something that grew bigger on your radar when going after biff poji or were you just saying look we need the guy that can win the most games and that's ultimately what it is coming down to well i think one of the appeals uh to hiring will was certainly his ability to sell the program Mm -hmm. and at the time that will arrived here we were only five years old right and uh the program were, were six and pretty clearly we were not relevant even in our own market. And so we needed relevance and we needed someone who could promote and sell the program. And he did a phenomenal job of doing that. I think he made us, um, you know, relevant in our city and not and beyond our city. Even gosh, we had recognition on ESPN and game day and, and the like. So uh, masterful at that. And uh, that's really helped elevate our, the stature of our program. I think, you know, there's no question that, you know, winning games like we did against Duke on national television 
helped us get in the conversation to be considered to join the American. So, but moving forward, the bottom line is, you know, we got to have success on the gridiron. And uh, I know that that's what Biff was hired to do is what he wants to do. Um, he's talked, um, you know, publicly many times about his desire to, to try to build this thing as quickly as he can. And, um, you know, I think that's exciting for our fans and for all of us who want to see uh, success on the football field to, to continue to elevate the profile of our athletic program and our institution. So um, it's about winning games and having success in the end um, for us to be relevant. And um, I think, you know, Biff is tracking on that in spades when you look at how well he's recruited so far. Mike, when you look at the basketball program, and I know that you weren't there at the time, but Charlotte basketball at its apex, what are some of the things that you might have heard of or, or seen from the past that was that were there from a cultural standpoint that may have been missing recently? Yeah, well, look, I, I was I didn't have to come to Charlotte to know about Charlotte basketball, and that should tell you something. You know, I was at uh, University of Florida for 24 years. But I had a strong familiarity with the success of the Charlotte basketball program, a, a regular uh, tournament team, uh, or certainly at least a contender uh, to make the NCAA tournament. We'll never forget the 1977 Final Four. So, you know, a tremendous value. And, and frankly, that is what part of what attracted me to this opportunity is because basketball matters a lot to me. I worked very closely with Billy Donovan for the better part of two decades at UF. And uh, it was important to me to be at a place where I believe we could have success in basketball. And so I think this, the, 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 that's not, I think, I know that the landscape of college basketball has changed immensely. You know, even from when we first arrived here five years ago to today, it is a dramatically different landscape right now in terms of how you go about building teams and programs. It is much harder now than it was to build a program, per se, where you bring in recruits, and you develop the players, and by their junior years, they're really heavily contributing, right? And they may contribute earlier, but that's sort of the goal is by their junior and senior years, they're really leading the team. Now, you don't know if you're going to have guys for longer than a year or two. And that's not just at Charlotte, but that's anywhere, right? And so what I love about Coach Sanchez and the staff is that they are adapting to that. Because clearly they came from a program, Ron came of a program at Virginia, where the model was to win with veteran players. And that's just not that's not the way you can do it anymore. Um, the way you get veteran players now, frankly, is to to be able to sign transfers who have used their one time transfer rule and then are there. And if they have two or three years of eligibility left, that's really kind of how you build experience. And I look at the the kids that Ron has signed and the staff has signed this off season, and a sort of an illustration uh, of of what they're intending to do with with the guys they brought in who have multiple years of eligibility left, similar to what he did with uh, Igor from Virginia a year ago, with Braswell from Syracuse. But I think in moving forward, that's what we're going to see. And it's, again, not just unique to Charlotte, but to, but to everywhere. But look, this program, without a doubt, has been in the desert for a long time. And uh, it had been in the desert for a long time when we got here. And, um, you know, Ron and I talk all the time about, you know, continuing to get better and, and set, you know, new milestones. And last year, you know, 22 wins, which was the most wins since 2001. Um, that's progress. Now, what real progress is winning a conference championship, going to the NCAA tournament. That's where we ultimately want to be. And that's the goal. 
And uh, we share that vision, and we're working our tails off to make that happen for our fans who want it so desperately. Well, and winning that conference championship is exactly what happened with the softball team, also Charlotte men's golf, back-to-back Conference USA championship, so some success all around in other areas of the Charlotte 49er athletic program. You can follow Mike Hill on Twitter, at Hill. He's retweeting all sorts of accomplishments that the athletic program has been experiencing here recently, and we appreciate his time here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Mike, it's great to talk to you again. Really appreciate you joining us gentlemen thanks so much for having me on and go niners and go hornets yeah yes yes we got the no doubt about it let's go good luck if we have i will text mike and say thank you very much if they land victor Wembanyama because of the commemorative ticket and also i'll give myself a pat on the back for the good luck charm that is the gerald wallace shooting sleeve that looks ridiculous but also i feel kind of like a baller right now a little bit like gerald wallace slash Allen iverson Fitty, do I look like those two guys, or do I look just a little bit different? No, I mean, I, I, I could definitely see it. All right, were you a d- – did you wear the shooting sleeve while you played – in high school? No. I, I knew to only wear this with mocking my own self rather than trying to be serious on the court. No uh, way I could wear that on oh, the court. Oh, you see, now I was the guy that sat at the bench with the, the tight undershirt, with the shooting sleeve that went under the undershirt, with the socks pulled <laughs> all the way up. I looked the part. That way, if I ever went in, they were scared. Wait, I thought you said that you didn't like guys wearing uh, extra accessories. Oh, that's No, that, that's, that's the guys. headbands. I don't mind the undershirts. I don't mind the shooting sleeves. The headband's where I draw the line. <laughs> and you wanna, Why does the headband? Why is that the thing that you draw the line for? 2007 preseason NIT. Ty Lawson wore one. We lose to Gonzaga. Roy Williams wow. quipped. We're the University of North Carolina, and by God, we don't wear that crap. Um. That was an incredibly detailed answer I did not expect for right. that. I expected to catch him. I expected him to befuddle upon his words. I and he definitely had an, thought we were. And he had an exact answer, a time, a date, a moment. That was actually incredible, and I appreciate that answer. Hmm. All right, let's skip the fitty flash as much as I want to hear Alan Jackson. We got to go on and get to the undrafted my name is. I think it's finally time to get to Wes's favorite guy. If you forgot, you have to stay tuned and find out who that is. It's on Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Talking about the state of the Charlotte 49ers athletic program. We're going to put that on the website, WFNZ.com. All you got to do is just go to the Wes and Walker tab, click on all of the segments that we upload to the website, even the best of hours. Again, WFNZ.com. Let's go to the text line just real quickly before we do. My name is Panther Bo said, ooh, we. I like that. Ooh, we. Slim is on one today. Only good Hornets vibes. Thank you, Hornet Bo. 828 said me and my old school from Big Crit intro was top notch. Bravo. I love the Big Crit intros that we have in there. 980 said this may ruffle a few feathers, but I think Brandon Miller would be a better fit for our Hornets team. I, I just like I, I appreciate you 704 guy. Like I got you. That's fine. You you can't not draft Wimby. You just there's there's not a discussion to be had about drafting anybody else other than Wimby number one overall. Wolfpack James said, maybe I need to have my Muggsy bobblehead next to me when the lottery starts. That would be greatly appreciated. Wolfpack James, we appreciate you considering that. And then Brandon and Indian Trail said, I've got a Larry Johnson autographed postcard and basketball card. Going to smooch it tonight for good luck. I appreciate the dedication. Okay. Brandon and Indian Trail, Larry Johnson, the card, smooching. 
I'm with it. All right. <laughs> Undrafted, my name is Wes. We finally get to his guy. Fitty, let's hit it. They are the long shots. They are the underdogs. They are undrafted. There goes that man Wes been talking about. Rajon Wright. What you got for us, Wes? Rajon Wright. Listen, folks, if you have Netflix and a little bit of time coming up and you're looking for some new sports programming to check out, unlike these two guys that I work <laughs> with, check out Last Chance You and the season with Laney College. Junior College out in California. They put out a lot of pros. That coach is a legend out there. And one of the players that he had during that season was Rajon Wright. And this guy was as arrogant as you could get. He was rated as the top cornerback in junior college, and he would tell everybody about it every single game. He talked a lot of trash to teammates. He talked a lot of trash to opponents as well, and then would go do things like make one-handed interceptions like he did during one of the games on Last Chance U. Now, why didn't he get drafted? Who knows? But a lot of people, when I read about some of his draft breakdowns or when I read his draft breakdowns he was labeled as a surefire day two guy which didn't happen and then if that was not the case they said he would be a priority day three draft selection well he didn't go but ESPN rated him as the number four undrafted free agent out there to be had and the Panthers went and got him 6'2 200 pounds didn't work out at Oregon State's pro day but his brother also, he comes from some good bloodlines, went 99th overall to the Dallas Cowboys in the 2021 draft. Nishan Wright is his name. And then also, too, when you look at his story on Last Chance U, you talk about a kid that grew up with tragedy, father was murdered, and then his brother, like their main objectives were to get to the NFL and to be able to live out their dreams. He actually gets into, uh, he, he sheds tears when he talks about how tough it was for him growing up. Last Chance U, I'm sorry, man. It'll bring some tears out of you when you see some of the struggles of some of these kids coming up playing in junior college. But anyway... That was an ESPN special right there. That's what they do with all the drafts. <laughs> yeah, so he was a first-team All-Pac-12 selection in 2022. And during Panthers training camp, tried to dig up what I could. I know they said he made a nice pass breakup uh, on Mingo on one of the days there as well. But a lot of people have him pegged as a guy that has a great chance to make the roster. I'm going to go for Rajon. 75% chance making the roster. I just feel like with some of the guys that they have, I feel like the Panthers have a trend going and they want to bring in some corners with some size. This kid's going to have the size and the swagger and the chip on his shoulder not being drafted to get the job done and make the roster. So I like how West has been extremely level-headed with all of the percentages about undrafted free agents actually making the roster. And I was like, all right, he actually might be under 100% or might be dead on. But now that we have the 75% chance yeah, for so Rajon I'm going Wright, by each guy, though. No, no I, I know I'm that. going out of 100 for each guy because you kept saying about the totality being yeah. 100. Yeah, I'm going just by each guy the chance. Well, no, I'm. but what I'm saying is if Rajon has a 75% chance and then if we try to divvy this in the percentage pie. Because they're only going to take so many. Right. That's I what I'm saying. You. But, but yes, you. but no, honestly, I think when I 
I've kind of stumbled upon Jalen Redmond with the yeah. stats, which I think you were referencing that article. I didn't see it, but mm-hmm. Jalen Redmond was the number one. Number one. Free. They said that he is pretty much surefire chance to make the roster. I did not see that. Yeah. I, I just was going over the production, the athleticism, the numbers. I was like, oh, wait. This is awesome. Yeah. I love this guy. So hopefully he can make it as well. Rajon Wright, too, clearly uh, a very And real quick for profile. anybody that wants the raw numbers, four career interceptions, 17 passes defense. I've got Nico Bolden, okay. safety, out of Kent State, the transfer from New Mexico. And here's something that's been a theme, and I like this theme, Wes. The undrafted guys are damn athletic, every single one of them. If you look at his relative athletic score, something I've been abiding by when talking about these undrafted free agents, he had an elite explosion grade, a great size grade. He stands about 6'3", 215, so the height is elite. The weight is just fine, and he also had two elite grades in the 40-yard dash and the 20-yard split. If you look at his 4-4-4 40-yard dash, that would have been second among safeties at the combine. He actually recorded that at his pro day, so that is moving. Also, he had a shuttle time of 4.32, a three-cone drill time of 7.02. Maybe those numbers don't mean anything to you, and that's fine, but his vertical jump was 41 inches. That would have been third at the combine. Jumping out the gym. I mean, out the gym. His broad jump would have been fifth at the combine. Wes, this guy had an outstanding pro day, and if you need some production, I got that for you at Kent State. He had 63 solo tackles, 102 total tackles from the safety position. Mm. And if you go to his first year at Kent State after transferring from New, uh, from New Mexico, he actually got a couple of interceptions and he had a couple of sacks, had one and a half sacks last year. So the production in 11 games, it's there. A couple of different levels of football, it's there at New Mexico State and Kent State. And the athleticism is there. I actually think he's got... An okay chance to make it, but okay in the safety field might be a little hard, right? Because Jamie Robinson, while he's a draft pick, he's going to make the team. Mm -hmm. So Von Bell, Xavier Woods, Jeremy Chin already here. I I do think Nico Bolden has a good shot of making it as even with the depth at safety. I don't know. I've been kind of hanging around 10 to 15 percent. I'll take the cop out and go with that percentage. I just, the athleticism, <laughs> there's something to work with. You do have production there and not afraid to hit you either. Despite not weighing all that much, I'm cool with Nico Bolden. So there's some uh, some more undrafted free agents to mention for you. Wes, the more we keep going down this list, it seems like we like these guys. I know. I mean, it's hard <laughs> when you look at the production they had in college. You look at the athletic numbers. You wonder to yourself, why weren't they drafted? We know that the league is made up of a lot of late round and undrafted players. There's so many guys to like here. So I can't wait to see which guys will make the roster for the Panthers because I think they have some guys that have a great shot. All right. We need some more Willie positivity in our life. Willie P going to be joining us next to talk about Charlotte FC and we'll get some Hornets conversation out of them as well. Willie P up next on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.